0: Welcome
1: back to another episode of Reckless Attack a little extra weird uh at the end of that i apologize Uh, hey we're we're a dungeons and dragons actual play fifth edition podcast my name is nathan i am your dungeon master it is so lovely to have you all this is episode was this 10 11 11 11. oh Oh my god we are here to play yet another fine game of dungeons and dragons yes across the table from me please introduce yourself good sir
2: Hi everyone, my name's David, and I play Casgrin Brightmane. I unfortunately do not have any cool hats today, unlike my fine friend. Hi everyone, it's Jonathan here, playing Checkers, the Grung Druid and his trusty frog pal Mango. As always, I have a very stylish and comfortable frog hat. Yep, yeah, not overly warm at all, no, I'm sure. It covers my headphones perfectly. So that's true. You can't even see it. You just see me wearing a frog hat when you look at me. And, and, then, a, and then a weird wire hanging, <laughs> yeah, well, dangling don't, down. Don't worry about that wire. It's fine. <laughs> but that's, that's me today. Let's talk over at Steve. Hi, Steve. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. <laughs> Let's
3: talk over at Steve. All right. We're talking over by me. That's um, hello, everyone. Introduce everyone now. Yeah. My name is Steve, and I am playing Sylvesterlin, the Dragonborn monk. It looks like we're gonna have some post-fighting stuff going on here. That'll be fun.
1: That's kind of what D and D though is—is is like it's pre-fighting, post-fighting, and fighting are like the settings.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. That's true. And the person who shines in pre- and post-fighting,
4: hey, and in fighting, not with a hand axe,
1: no. <laughs> It's about knowing your lane yeah. is, is the key to being an effective combatant. That's, that, is that is true.
4: That's true. And Sophie Hansen playing <laughs> Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain, did bust out a hand axe and a combat. That's true. It did not go well. No, it did as not. As we all knew, but it did have to happen. Right.
2: It was which an option. Is, we had to see it at least. It once. was this.
4: It's a definition of a state of combat we were in. Yep. That Val. Took out her hand axe. Yeah,
1: that's like the, the, the litmus test mm-hmm. of, is hand axe in hand? Oh, no. Yep. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Everyone run.
1: We are on the other side of a pretty intense last couple episodes. There's a lot of combat, a lot of very intense, very emotional questioning of a witness where there was no mirth found. It was very dramatic And I feel like realistic to those sorts of situations. Yeah, nothing fun happened with any of that. None at all. Oh, Lamarck.
2: Lamarck. (laughs)
0: Lamarck.
2: May he reign long.
3: And far away. Yes.
4: Yes.
2: (laughs) I know this is just going to come right back around and Lamarck's going to be in like the final combat. He's going
4: to be the big bad. We all know it. Or
2: or he rescues us. Oh.
4: The highest
1: overlord. Right. That's true. The highest overlord is the friends he made along the way.
3: I think that's how sure. that goes. Yeah. I think
1: uh-huh. I must have traumatized you guys too many times of lightly un- uncompleted plot quests coming back to bite you in the ass yeah. <laughs> in a very dramatic and fun way, but also a dramatic way. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Him and his grung slap warriors.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: are now on our way to the Red City of Agmar, which is where you have been assigned. We are going to do. A little bit of storytelling. Our goal is definitely to present this world, this podcast, the adventurers of all of our lovely heroes as being part of a really big, vibrant world. There is always adventure or strange things happening, weird phenomena, but also in kind of the interest of both storytelling and just our own momentum, treating it a little bit as a travel montage. The long caravan you guys have been a part of that you are now very familiar with pulls away from the watering hole that we saw you guys stop at in episode one. Finally, Mm -hmm. (laughs) all these hours of content and all these few hours of actual in-game time scores, if not hundreds of carts in either direction, all going down the great runic roads, which are of ancient construction. Arcanely powered and protected, but certainly not impenetrable. On either side of you are huge old woods, much the same that you had been traveling in for several days. What interesting thing happens in your day of travel between the end of our last session and getting to Crossroads? Who would like to go first?
3: I guess I will start. Steve raised his
1: hand yeah. Yeah. for our, for our like, listeners at home. Like
3: I was still in school i had come up with something that i think is kind of neat it's kind of a not really a weather phenomenon but it is a phenomenon that happens while traveling so the the main runic road runs east to west basically through the the center of our map which is online there are things known as the runic sunrise and the runic sunset depending on which direction it happens in if it happens from the the east it's the runic sunrise if it happens in the west it's the runic sunset and it's not entirely known what exactly this thing is, but occasionally a, a big fog will come up or very large swarm of gnats that, that show up. <laughs> Maybe it's a herd of animals that just come running through. Number one, it happens rather suddenly, but it is common enough that it has this name and nobody's really worried about it. But the reason it's called the Runic Sunrise or Runic Sunset is that while we were traveling, a fog came up from the east. Yeah. It hit the road, the runic portion of the road, and when it does, when it hits, it explodes into this red, orange, yellow color that just lights up that eastward side of the road in the direction we're heading. So that's you kind of you guys are heading west. So behind us, yes, exactly. <laughs> At any
1: point during the day, yeah, yeah.
3: So behind us, it kind of lights up. Word gets passed down from the end of the caravan up to the front that this is occurring, and people go out watch it. It lasts from 10 minutes to to like 30 minutes, depending on what's going on. The Runic Road, it protects against the, the smaller things. So that's generally what it's warding off. But it just lights up in, like I said, red, orange, and yellow. And it looks like awesome. either the sunrise or it looks like the sunset.
1: But mixed, it sounds like, with a little bit of the aurora, the northern lights kind of thing. Yes, almost. Yeah, so it's, yeah. It,
3: it, these lights flicker and come across and it comes ar- almost around the sides of of the road and over the top of the road it encompasses whatever is protected from the road occasionally you can see places where it's not as bright people have kind of used that to track where they have to be more careful because the protection might not be as good there as as somewhere else earlier or later down the road the thing is it, it happens at all times even in the middle of the night you could have a runic sunrise or a runic sunset or something oh, interesting whenever something hits the road That the road is protecting it from, but it's 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 more like a swarm or a fog or something like that can actually encompass a section of the road. And so while we were traveling, word came back from the back of the caravan that there is a there's a runic sunrise getting on towards the evening.
1: Awesome. That's so cool. I love that. Do you envision that it was reacting to something unseen? where it just there's some inciting incident and then it just ripples all the way down basically. Yeah, so basically.
3: most of the time it's nothing. Sometimes you can see some the fog hit, you get these colors either sometimes in fog, sometimes just in the middle of nothing. Sometimes there's there might be a wave of something that went through that the road is then protecting everybody from based on where the caravan is. What one caravan might call runic sunrise and another yeah. caravan might call <laughs> runic be, sunset. But it's
1: just shorthand for is it just in front versus behind as opposed to east well, to west?
3: It's east or west of where the caravan is. If, the caravan, oh, if the caravan is traveling and they see it from the west, then it's a runic sunset. Another caravan might see it and it might be in the east yeah. for them, in which case it's a runic sunrise. Cool. I love that. That's wonderful. See,
1: this is why we do it. <laughs> that's so, that's, that's a really cool mean. That is lovely.
3: Runic that's sunrise, beautiful. runic sunset. Canon.
1: Yeah. Nice. Canon. <laughs> I, I love that. that. It is a peaceful journey as you guys are going, other than you see
3: one of a... It was a sunset, correct? It was a sunrise. We okay. are traveling... If we are traveling to the west, then it is a... Yes, it was a runic sunrise because it came okay. from behind.
1: Other than that, which you may have seen, you guys have been on it for quite some time now, so there's a chance you would have encountered this, but it's still always this spectacular sight to behold, especially out in the wilderness. Eventually, you guys make your way to Crossroads. We see flashes of several scenes. Everyone getting to Crossroads again. It is this huge outpouring of caravans that are all fanning out. Some people are entering into the city and being processed. Some people are in their wagons, essentially just being like, I'm provisioned up. I don't want to leave. I want to make sure I'm here for the morning. Would you guys just kind of hunker down and be like, I don't need to be in society. I would like to just be here and relax and
2: whatnot. Checkers would absolutely take this time to stretch his legs more than he usually does and go see the local sites, see if there's anywhere high up that he can see the rest of Crossroads from and if there's any large landmarks that he can go climb. The one that would interest you the most Mm -hmm. in that it is
1: both the highest And also the most important and dangerous. Nice. One of the notable features about Crossroads is that there is leading in to the city a massive archway and bridge going over a river. Mm -hmm. It is on the scale of, you know, in Lord of the Rings where you see those giant statues that are hundreds of feet tall, clearly from an ancient age And almost impossible to imagine in scope. Like, how did someone construct this once? Mm -hmm. That large, that ornate. There's carvings in it. It is true beauty and artistry.
2: Which is where I assume... Yeah, checkers.
4: (laughs) Cass, Cass, look at that.
2: Isn't it cool? Wow, that is actually really neat, checkers. I'll see you later. (laughs) Come (laughs) on, Mango, let's go.
1: You don't even bother going into the city. Just as you're passing through it, you're just like, I'm
2: yeah, going up. Checkers there. is going to try to see how far he can make it up the large
3: archway B- before somebody stops
2: him,
4: or he dies. Or he <laughs> dies.
2: <laughs> yeah, if, if if Checkers gets like stopped by guards or whatever, he's not. He might not try that hard to get up there. He no. might try
4: a different route. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. A way that's
2: not immediately obvious. But he is going to spend the day to try and get. There's a lot of guards around, obviously, mm-hmm. in this
1: world. Mm-hmm. But I would say you would have no problem. It would take a lot of time. You may have
2: to take a break, Yeah, but you would have no problem climbing cool. to the top of that. Members of the caravan, as they're going through the archway, might see a small blue frog and a large green frog just like <laughs> hopping and climbing up the large archway at a, at a relatively steady pace as they enter the city. Excellent.
1: Is anyone else doing anything?
2: I just imagine that Kaskrin has befriended a family somewhere else in the caravan who said that they're getting off at crossroads.
1: Yes, Ruth and her family, caring grandmother, has this litter of grandchildren. They're a real handful, but lovely group that you've, you've bonded with.
2: Kaskrin has already planned to spend the day with Ruth and her grandchildren unloading their caravan. Ruth and, and her grandchildren are playing around and getting ready to move into crossroads. But that ends up being his whole day.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and we'll even say that she is also an elder dwarf woman with all these other. I, I've never really pictured a kind of small child dwarf, but they must be incredibly square, yeah. right? Like, I just
4: <laughs> imagine like resized. Yeah, exactly. In paint. <laughs> yeah. It's just that. So it's, they're just like an adult dwarf, but a foot tall. B- it's just like a beard
2: meme <laughs> where it's just like regular Keanu and then tiny squat Keanu yeah exactly, and that's, and that's the
1: dwarf. Mm-hmm. yeah so you see all these I don't know these little squat, goateed and bearded little kids running around and having a great like time, and Ruth is like, oh th- thank you i'm so I'm so thankful for all of the help and all of the kindness that you've
2: shown. where are you you're going to to Agmar, right? And Kaker is like you know he wipes off his brow and sets one final big crate down on the ground. yep, we're ending up in in Agmar, but it's not gonna be too much farther i honestly can't wait to get off these roads if i'm being truthful oh yes and she rubs
1: her back and it's like they are uh rough goings to to be certain i've heard a lot of stories about agmar uh, especially over the years before the the ultra giants it's sounds like a well-constructed
2: place and that's all i can say <laughs> You know about it as much as, as I do, so we'll see when we get there. Well,
1: and she pats you on the shoulder. I'm sure that it will greatly benefit from, from someone of
2: your kindness. <laughs> well, thank you, Ruth. I appreciate that.
1: Now, uh, if you could take that very heavy chest <laughs> and
2: move it back over here yeah. where you had it before. And, uh, that one's actually not ours. If you can just put it back.
1: <laughs> there, there seems to be some degree of order to this. It seems like each city kind of has their own little system for making sure that the people who want to be here are pointed in the right direction at minimum. They're not just let loose, so to speak, because it is it's a guild who's running these sorts of things. And therefore, there's paperwork to be done Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's all tracked and official and that kind of thing.
4: Is there like an arrival guild for each city?
1: It depends on the city. Some cities, it's just all an extension of the Caravan Guild, basically, mm-hmm. that you guys are part of. They basically are subcontractors, not to get too much into weird right. the business practices of it all. But also, some cities have a more personal touch to who is welcoming. I think at Crossroads, because it is literally such a major hub, is definitely a place that the Caravan Guild and the Travelers Guild would have been like, yeah, sure, we'll do that. Don't mm-hmm. worry. We'll take our cut. Thumbs up. <laughs> There are a lot of people getting processed, so Kaskrin, a lot of what you're doing is helping them unload, go through, get set up to wherever it is they're going, so it is like a full right. a move, basically, yep. that you are doing by yourself. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. Uh, but hard. you will get a six-pack of beer and a few pieces of pizza, so yeah. you got that going for it's you. It's going in my inventory. You do whatever you... It's your character. You eat your pizza whenever you'd like. <laughs> What's everyone else doing when they just come? The pizza at the bottom of the bag. Yeah, <laughs> I like got bag pizza. Don't you know, have your that. don't have your bag of holding to keep it fresh yet. So
4: yeah, well, David stole my idea. Ah. So
1: you can be doing something else. Uh, Go help Val. to it. Ruth's yeah. got a lot
4: of stuff. Yeah. Val, instead of helping unload, uh-huh. would probably have created little packets for each of the five grandchildren. Because in traveling and having kids around like, hey, you want to see something sweet and then like show them how to do the the cool science experiments.
3: Ooh. Here's a worksheet. Yeah, right. <laughs> no 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 math no, is great.
4: No worksheets, just the cool STEM experiments. Yeah, here's, yeah
3: exactly. Here's some Diet Coke and a mento Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
4: So she would have, depending on their age.
1: Oh my God. No. I'm imagining if I may, yeah. there's a line of children who over the course of the weeks have interacted with you or heard from someone else that they can get cool science things from you. Yeah. And so now there is actually a range of children and and sometimes they blow up.
0: It's well, like right. not sometimes the experiment. Yeah, no, no no no. To be clear. Yeah. No no the well,
3: like, sometime, like the like Diet Coke and Mentos. Yeah. 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 Say, yeah. They, yeah. not the yeah. children the children oh, are fine. <laughs> don't explode. We all paused and Steve was like very excited to be like, "Yeah, and it's like really cool
0: and like they love it." And we were all <laughs> staring
3: <laughs> at Steve <laughs> Steve and, to and
4: be I were like, on, like, on the same page. Yeah, we, we did
3: what? not think the children or <laughs> the rest of us were like, <laughs> Steve, "Oh god, I don't know where your heads are."
0: What are you
1: talking? I don't know, man. It's a dark world out there sometimes. Okay. Anyway, hey, where's Timmy? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say and All the kids love that.
0: Like, that they <laughs> could be what? a
2: blast. <laughs> Turned into a fine paste at any given moment. Uh, I was gonna say, at the end of this long line of children, specifically, probably would be checkers. <laughs> Just like, hey. Val, that looks cool. Can I have one? Give me one of those. Absolutely. I yeah, I was going to say, that, that I would imagine is like Val's greatest
4: dream. She's like, right. yes, it's happening.
1: I finally reached him. Hands on, hands on
2: teaching is what right. he needs. Uh, he's an experiential learner. He just takes like the Diet Coke and just like chugs it and then tosses the Mentos in <laughs> his mouth. Val, watch this.
1: <laughs> There's a line of children by the end. Who have either interacted with you individually or have heard from someone else. Mm-hmm. And the word's gotten out that they might get cool activities to keep them entertained. And it is a smash hit.
4: Val will not be helping Kaskrin and unpack. She'll be making <laughs> sure all of Ruth's grandkids have a goodie bag to take with them. It's like a little satchel, a little backpack that they can take with. And I'm imagining
1: notes of like...
4: Ikea pictograms. Oh, see, that was smart. for kids you are not going to read it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was
1: going to say you were going to flex your multiple languages that you learn, but that is much better. There is, is that-
4: definitely language packets in ah, there with, along with history. In. There's other things in there when they finish the science. Oh my God. Just in a hopeful way that like maybe, maybe. Read about <laughs> this.
1: I was thinking, well, where did Val get some of this stuff? There's an alchemist who literally sits in a wagon with <laughs> yeah. alchemy stuff. And he would have been fine with you pilfering that. No problem. But like the notebook, the history stuff. And now I'm imagining that you have a specialized series of notebooks that are constructed in such a way that they can be turned into pictograms, worksheets, all kinds of resources.
4: Everybody learns in a different way. And Val is prepared to teach them wherever they are. (laughs) Come to me and you're like... I will only learn an interpretive dance. Belle will do her damnedest. Yes.
1: <laughs> I would make you roll an acrobatics or performance check, but you would probably have an advantage if it was instructional,
0: like <laughs> yeah. a magic school bus kind of yeah. way.
4: She'll do that. And then she, I don't want to turn this into a shopping episode. She has to restock addresses supplies and-, and her own. And go to the post office.
1: Yeah, you will really get to do a shopping episode at Agmar. I'm assuming that you guys will be exploring the shops and the people mm-hmm. and the whatevers that are that are there. No problem.
4: She's gonna go to the post office drop box, knowing that she has other things to do because we talked about yes. the postal lore. Yeah. Are and you? I say when are that? you going?
2: I to would rather office. go in Agmar if okay. that's all right. I will
1: do the much teased privately. <laughs> okay. Postal infrastructure lore drop there.
4: This is in the, the interest of montage. Yes.
1: Because we're, we're still I want yes.
4: in my d yeah. podcast is postal and, service lore. And, and
1: that is always our goal is what do we want? And then we hope <laughs> we hope and pray that anyone else is sort of interested in it. But mostly it's like Well, what do we think is neat?
2: Um, If you guys are still listening after postal lore, we know you're in for the long haul. Oh, we haven't even gotten into it yet. You'll see. I mean, if
4: we had time, I would ask Nathan to go into the business details of the guild subcontractors, but I know nobody else (laughs) (laughs) wants that.
3: Neither raid nor sleet nor snow nor dragons nor
4: giants.
1: (laughs) Steve, do you have anything? What would Selve be doing? You guys have like a day tops to be doing all this kind of stuff.
3: Selve will primarily be meditating Mm -hmm. in this quiet area as you could find taking the rare opportunity to do so and if any of the mortals that we had rescued from the grung wake up specifically the ones that we found with the i don't know what else to call it other than outlandish clothing yes if any of them wake up Selv would try talking to them either communicate and determine what languages they know and then maybe come back to val to see if she happens to know one of those if Self doesn't know the language, which I'm kind of doubting that he does. And he would just try to figure out main questions like, where where are they from? Where were they attacked in their land that this happened? And try to communicate to them where they are now and find out what they want to do about it.
1: That is a perfect transition. One of the things that happened when you came across that grand bridge into Crossroads, there was a big flurry of activity. Once your trail masters alerted their fellow guild members, we have a lot of sick people here. Selv, what are your thoughts on you having matriculated your way up or even be asked by the trail masters? You know what this was a little bit better than we do. Can you help us explain it, make sure we get people the treatment they need, that kind of stuff?
3: Yes. I imagine I'll probably also be there with Etris, probably, since he concocted the potions that
1: would help. You see Selv with Granek and Brannar, the two trailmasters, and you see him at the front of the caravan explaining to these people what's happening, directing people. You see Selv has brought Etris, all of these people being cared for in some sort of a triage area. Etrus is there explaining to the doctors what he saw and what he did and what seems to be working and what his kind of thoughts were. Selv is being questioned by a lot of people, maybe even some city officials explaining what you guys saw, what was going on, explaining there's no need to panic. It's dealt with for the time being. And also it's not contagious, but what you find out Selv is that these people are probably going to be okay based off of what Etrus is seeing and what kind of everyone else is seeing, but will probably not be awake for at least a little while longer. If you guys stayed in the city, you'd be able to talk to them. Otherwise, there's no saying exactly when they'd wake up, and they would make sure to send word to you guys when they had more information. Okay. They'd be happy to do that. Good. All of that happens. You guys are all busy throughout the day. You see this lovely picture of real Sunset, not a runic sunset of checkers and mango sitting at the top of the bridge, just kind of looking down at this walled in, heavily fortified, busy city from atop this ancient structure. You see Kaskrin sharing a meal with Ruth and all of her grandkids. Valeska seeing a group of kids seated together, all in a circle, and all messing with each other's experiments and giggling and having fun and exploring things. So you are meeting with these city officials. You're having that kind of official delegation I'm the the
3: representative from the guild that is... uh, Exactly. Okay. One question I had about the city is the runes on the runic road, does that extend to the walls of the city and that kind of stuff too?
1: I'm glad you asked. It does not extend to the walls of the city, but what it does do is there throughout crossroads. There is a section that is still Runic Road cutting through the city. Okay, So even if all the rest is cobblestone, there is a section that is clearly Runic Road. So it has all the Runic stamps on it. If you ever saw a Runic sunrise or sunset, it would flash through the whole city as it went and turned up towards Agmar. Cool. The last image, and I don't know, Selv, you can decide if you see it or not. You see Yanis Varga, where you are meeting with these officials, making sure that they're aware of what's going on and know what to look out for. And you
0: see him just appraise you, take a swig of a flask, and walk away. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought
1: to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tair. Can the gang find Tair, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger.
2: Hey everyone, Jonathan here with the mid-roll. If you're looking for the hottest frog memes around, join the Reckless Attack community on Discord. You can find a link to it in the show notes of our latest episodes or on our website, recklessattack.com. Want to support the show? Tell a friend or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback show, as well as our new Reckless of Snacks series, where we eat snacks, hang out, and just talk about whatever's on our mind. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode.
0: The next morning, you all set out to the Red City of Agmar. You have...
1: A little bit of a journey. I believe it's only a couple days. What else happens on the road to Agmar?
2: I'm imagining as we're traveling, one of the days actually coincides with a holiday back in the desert city of Rakhma. Sure. Where we came from. In Rakhma, the focal point is this large, magically clean pool of water that everyone congregates at, takes baths in, swims in, and is sort of the the source of life for this city, their main source of water. It was first put in by a saint, Garak Zidane, mm-hmm. also known as the Wandering Scholar. This holiday is really to celebrate him and the great deed that he has done by putting this pool of water in Rachma. As we're traveling the road, I imagine we come across a clearing that is similar to the one where we fought the lobsters. There's sure. a pool of water there. People are able to relax for the evening. To celebrate him, people use the water to clean themselves. One of the rituals is washing your hands and your feet and your face with magically clean, pure water to, to cleanse yourself. Obviously, there's not clean water out in the. There's not no. Yeah, in, while we're traveling. In order to celebrate Garak Zydane and his accomplishments in Rachma, Kastrin would ask Valeska, since you also have a lot of familiarity with this, to make some clean water so that we can wash our hands, wash our feet and our face, and cleanse ourselves to Zaidane's memory. Would you be willing to do this for us?
4: Absolutely. I can create a lot of water, so we might have to ask checkers <laughs> to borrow the barrel. Up to you. If you want to do that, because we can invite others from Rachma.
2: There's a real moment of struggle where Kastron is deciding if he wants to ask Checkers. But like, nothing nothing else is big enough. So it's like,
4: yeah, that's why Val suggested the barrel on the back of Mango. You
2: guys know the variables will say that you're that you're dealing with. Checkers, can we borrow your water barrel? Uh, Sure, but what do you what do you need it for? Water? (laughs) Kaskrin, like, explains the idea a little bit, the ritual. We needed somewhere to store clean water for the ceremony.
4: And before Cass would have started explaining this, Val would have cast Mind Link to Cass and just asked, do you need me to make this sound super boring? (laughs) To make him disinterested? Or are you cool with it?
2: This one I am cool with just because <laughs> the ceremony is more communal, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but maybe next time.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Val will like hype it up to try to get yeah. checkers yeah. in.
2: So you're all going to put your hands and feet in the water in the barrel? Well, No,
4: we each have our own vessel with our own little bit of water, oh, but okay. we need the barrel so I can create, like you can create water. To fill it up with clean water okay. and offer it to everyone. Because
2: I was going to say, that's disgusting if you're all using the same water, but...
4: <laughs> I agree. That's why we're using our own <laughs> vessel.
2: Oh, We okay. just need somewhere to hold all of this water. Oh, that, that's fine then. Mango, here, boy. And Mango jumps over with the big barrel of water on his saddle. I've never, I've like never really Saint thought Bernard. about it. <laughs> yeah. This
1: will have no mechanical considerations ever, period. Like, I don't, I'm not interested in it. But the idea... That mango sloshes everywhere mm-hmm. brings me great joy.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: unless, That's un- wonderful. <laughs> unless the barrel is filled to capacity.
1: That's true. Mm-hmm. But like,
2: is Checkers really refilling it all the time? Is he keeping it topped off?
3: When he can,
2: and this might be a situation where the water in the barrel is not the cleanest. Like He probably filled it up at a spring somewhere with some, some dirt and some gravel in there because he doesn't care.
3: We know you filled it up in episode one when right. we stopped it at, stopped at there. <laughs> yeah. Which was, but, but apparently, there, there was other stuff living in that water, so right. you know, that
4: will destroy water, right. in the barrel. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, and then <laughs> create oh, some new I'll water, absolutely, new Press water. To digitize
1: it clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Look, the whole uh, thing.
4: The spell is create or destroy.
2: Oh, no, I mean, and oh, like scrub down have, the sides, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: manual scrubbing. Mm-hmm. It might be a little grimy.
2: Once we filled the barrel with water, Casquin would go around. Offering it to others from Rakhma who might be observing the same tradition. And so that would be how one of the evenings is spent. Maybe a small line forms of people. They wash their hands. They wash their feet. And then they go about their evening yeah. having given a thought to Garrick Zidane.
1: I like the idea. Maybe you said it, Sophie. There might be people from Rachma who are on this. Mm-hmm. Other than you guys, uh, this is obviously pretty far, so I'm sure a lot of people have broken off. But yeah, I really like the idea, the symbolism of offering that to a sub community, basically, and then inviting other people in. I love that. Lovely.
4: Bow yeah, will hand out like a little pamphlet. Oh, Garrett, <laughs> Anybody who's interested? Not from Rockwood? Here you go. Yeah,
1: yeah, and again,
2: he'd we'll be about the desert city. Here you go. He,
1: he would definitely be a big deal there. He had a big part in founding the the city, the illustrious Athenaeum. Is that what we say? Athenaeum, because I Atheum. can't pronounce That's, it. I <laughs> really couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. He had a big part, this saint, in founding the city, in founding the Athenaeum. Does
2: anyone else have anything that they would like to have happen on the road? The one thing that might happen is as the caravan is moving through the woods, the party would have seen checkers disappear early in the morning. I'm sure they would have seen you disappear many times. (laughs) But this particular time in the morning. At some point, maybe an hour later, the three of you would hear crashing coming through the trees, getting ever closer (laughs) to the caravan. And Nathan, you said we weren't going to do combat today. Well, (laughs) what I said was that
1: this part was not supposed to include combat, (laughs) but
2: carry on, yes. Absolutely. And so the party would see after maybe a minute or two of what sounds like Almost like a stampede coming through the woods, is Checkers 10 feet up, hanging onto a branch with one large orangish yellow egg in his other hand, staring wide eyed at the party. And it's clear that, like, his cloak has been bitten. He's been, like, bleeding a <laughs> little bit from different places. And he's like, hey, guys, uh, don't wait up. I'll see you soon. And then he, like, jumps away into the trees a little bit further. And the party can see maybe like 10 to 12 of these large ostrich creatures trampling through the woods in the direction that Checkers was going. And rather than completely flightless like ostriches usually are, I'm imagining them having the ability to climb as well. So they're like hopping from tree to tree, almost gliding as they leap off of the trees. They are a very terrifying force to be reckoned with here in the forest as they can also just like traverse and jump and climb around the trees. I'm
1: also imagining you checkers coming from one side of the Runic Road, scurrying across the other side and into the forest or whatever, being like okay, cool, the Runic Road might be a wall or (laughs) or something, and then all the rest of the party sees these huge creatures jump like (laughs) 30 feet up in the air and spread their weird wings.
4: Glide? Yeah, glide, but with
1: their huge taloned legs outstretched go across like a hurdler again like 30 feet up in the air Mm -hmm. as -hmm. they continue chasing after. i
2: didn't think they could jump that far (laughs) they're climbing the trees like spider monkeys and just hurling themselves off of it
1: except they weigh like 150 pounds (laughs) right exactly
4: i genuinely thought this is where jonathan introduced ostrich bears yeah, <laughs> yeah actually i, I thought that that's, that was what I, that's what i also <laughs> thought was gonna,
2: Not be gonna say no i guess but, i mean we're kind of at that point <laughs> but well that was so unexpected. this is where we released the reckless attack bestiary of yes just... yes of strange of strange mm, bears strange bears i love that deeply that is perfect
1: and succinct and i appreciate it my one lingering question hmm I technically have two questions. Mm-hmm. One, d- does Checkers make it back? He, <laughs> or, he or later do we need a new
2: party member? Later in the evening, he would make it back. The evening, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a whole day. Yeah, like six hours later after they see him, he's, he's like, uh, uh, I think I lost them. Cass, keep an eye out just in case. <laughs> I don't want to see those things again. Do oh, you God. still have the egg? Checkers would still have the egg, but it's very obvious as he's weirdly coming in towards the camp just after a whole day of trying to avoid all these horrible ostrich creatures that the bottom of the egg has been cracked and it's been leaking egg goop this whole time. Oh, no, <laughs> and when he finally gets back and gets ready to like feast upon his meal, he cracks it open and it just like shatters there's into nothing. A million, <laughs> there's nothing left in it. Oh no! And he just kind of sits there dejectedly (laughs) (laughs) the maybe the first time
1: you've seen checkers this low and this unmoving this
2: inactive i don't want to talk about it guys (laughs) just i'm gonna go to bed a teachable
4: moment val will find somebody in the caravan who's brought a chicken with them and barter for some eggs and Make checkers, little scrambled a little, egg a meal.
2: Omelet. and we'll get the pan started. Yeah,
4: <laughs> we'll just we'll just cook him up some like not, at least for
2: breakfast or- This yeah. is like late in the evening. We yeah. have to like start the fire all right. over again. He probably hasn't eaten the whole day because he's right. The- like
4: <laughs> she just feels really bad. Like, right? It was an idiot thing to do. It was a bad choice. But that choice. doesn't mean he
2: shouldn't eat. Yeah, he needs to
4: keep
1: his strength up.
4: In Checker's way, he really put forth the effort. He, <laughs> <laughs> he worked Eight
0: hours, to tried effort. to work
1: he for worked that meal. so hard. <laughs> that is, you know, Checkers is a hard worker in a narrow subsection yes. of activities. <laughs> right. Some would say obsessively hard worker in a narrow subsection of activities, yeah. mostly stealing and then putting badly drawn crayon sketches mm-hmm. of people into their, pocket. into their pockets. <laughs>
4: When Cas and Val, I guess, finished cooking, Val will place it next to him with, like, a little cover. So whenever he wakes up, there's just, like, a little, like, like, bento box of eggs. Imagining (laughs) sad checkers. And she'll she'll draw a cute picture of checkers triumphant with the egg.
1: Can you, Jonathan... Uh (laughs)
4: Once again, I just
1: need, I need more info again. I want, Mm -hmm. I want to montage it. I want to keep things moving, but like I need the story closure Uh of when, when does Checkers discover this egg meal and what does he do with it once he finds it?
2: Right. So it probably wouldn't even be anything in the evening that happens, but probably when Val wakes up the next day. She would find, to her surprise, that the dishes that she used for the egg meal that she gave Checkers have been cleaned and scrubbed and put away right where they should be, backwards.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, many, so many questions that immediately stem from that, <laughs> but, but keep going, please. But
2: then Checkers wouldn't, wouldn't mention it to you, Val. He would just go about his day as though... Nothing happened the previous day and everything's fine. As the checkers. Right.
3: I want to know if there's a flock of ostrich creatures just <laughs> eyeing checkers from I, the road. I'm taking my They're notes.
1: Stalking us <laughs> in that Some anymore. things may come up, mm-hmm. some things may not. It's I, like birds I, that.
3: They do the, the, the looking at you with you their know, talons. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, oh my God.
1: Sophie,
4: mm-hmm.
1: do you have an addition to the travel montage? And if not, all montage. good. It's all often. <laughs>
4: Not right now. No, no.
1: We'll get plenty of opportunities. I added to Checkers and Cass's story. You you did a glorious, (laughs) glorious amount. I would have been sated had you done zero things, and I'm deeply sated now.
4: There's some more science experiments with children.
1: Heck yeah. Maybe
4: learning about, like, how an egg works.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And checkers you see just looking and being... Actually, it's a lot lot
3: of contests with having a spoon with Mm -hmm. the egg in it and trying to get across (laughs) the 20 feet.
1: We find our heroes at the end of the night around their campfire. Etrus is there. Hody is there nuzzling up to whoever Hody wants to nuzzle up to or wants to... Do that thing where there's a dog, you happen to just be like, oh, well, I'll just sit next to the dog and like, I'll just hug it and oh, look, it chose to just be here. Isn't that what a neat coincidence? Whoever that would be.
4: That will always default to that person, but knows she should share.
1: Hody does a good job. She really spreads the love around. Mm -hmm. You guys are sitting around your campfire and you guys are kicking back after a long day of travel. You know that tomorrow you will be at Agmar. It's just one of those unfortunate distance things where it was too dark to keep going, but is tantalizingly close. Once again, guards are set up. Branar and Granak come by and chit-chat with you guys for a little bit, and thank you again. They do the appropriate amount of small talk, talking about whatever, asking you guys a little bit about what you're doing. Thank you again. And the conversation turns to thanking you. Brenard just says, again, I, I really appreciate what you guys did for the caravan, for the guild, for all those people. It sounded like they'll be, they'll be okay. And I'm sure the people of the Mail Carriers Guild will get word to you guys as soon as they can. But I, I, I just wanted to say, though we couldn't help you officially, technically, in the moment, we still certainly, and I talked to my superiors there at Crossroads, can thank you for what you did. We have some monetary dispensations for you. That's the official term. We have some gold for you. It's, you get it here. Just And he just like, <laughs> out, of, out of a pocket, he pulls a pouch of gold and hands it over to you guys. And uh, and you see, again, you see Granar, in the, or Granak, excuse me, in the back. That's their celebrity couple name. It's <laughs> yeah. Granar. Kind of just smiling in the background and tosses it to you guys. And it is 150 gold pieces. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Which is pretty tasty yeah. for a second level group.
3: Total or each? <laughs> Total. <laughs> How dare you, Steve? Just checking.
4: Val will go up and shake his hand, being like, Thank you so much. This is not needed, but is very much appreciated for new guilders coming up.
1: Was the, not the literal least we could do, but close to it. So thank you. Tomorrow's going to be busy for everyone, for us, for you. And I wanted to make sure you guys got this before anything happened, before we parted ways and, and didn't get to, get to say anything. But I will promise you all, I'll put in a good word for you guys with the, the guilders there on my end. I don't know a lot about how you guys operate, but I can't imagine that that sort of thing won't be helpful for you guys. So we couldn't help, but I can help you now.
4: We very much appreciate it. And if your Mm. guild does ever need the assistance of ours, please let them know to reach out to us.
2: We will be in Agmar for some time. Anything you need within the city walls, we can definitely provide. I appreciate that. Anyway,
1: I'll let you guys have the rest of your rest and the rest of whatever meal you have. Not fun to say it, but I'm sure we'll need you guys out uh, watching on patrol for tonight. So get your rest. I got to go give another pouch to the other guilders headed to Agmar. Hopefully see you tomorrow. And if not, good luck. And Granak goes over and hugs each of you in his giant orc arms. And uh, and just also says a uh, thank you to to you all mm-hmm. as they mosey along.
4: Can <laughs> I'm sorry I if I ruined not that, sound that. <laughs> no, <that's, ooh. laughs>
1: Yes, Sophie.
4: I would like to know if the verdant wave gets hugs.
1: Are you following them? How committed to this knowledge <laughs> are you, Val? I can find out for you if
2: you want.
4: Sophie wants to know, not Val. <laughs> Val is, she's good with her hug, she is content in that, and she's going about the nightly business, and, and you and, don't have to tell me. Well, but <laughs> and,
1: and what, what, what I will say, and I'm glad you mentioned that, but you guys didn't really see the verdant wave throughout the whole caravan time, I mean, because it's huge, mm-hmm. yeah, even in the days. Be like three miles behind <laughs> us. <Right. laughs> yeah. Basically, it took a while for Branar and Granek to get to them, to get them back to you guys. You didn't see them at all. The whole time whether that was just because they're in a very different place or for who knows what other reason but no hide nor hair other than in the cutscene that self may or may not have noticed mm-hmm. <laughs> so your last night on the road who would like to take
2: first watch i'm not going to take first watch because <laughs> you know what happened last time checkers will take first watch <laughs> okay
4: has he learned that then he can sleep the rest of the night? Yes.
2: <laughs> Just uninterrupted sleep for the whole evening. No one will bother him, <laughs> and it will be fine. And then number two? Bell can go. I can go
0: third.
3: All right. I'll take the last one.
0: Last of uh, the last watch. I'd
1: like you to all roll me a d20,
2: please. Man, we haven't rolled any dice tonight, right? Checkers has a 16. I was going to say. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know if you wanted to
3: call yeah, out or have yeah. anybody, uh, nope, or like first and... watch first. Oh, or yeah.
4: Val has a seven.
2: Yeah, go. Just go in order. David? Kaskrin has a 13.
3: Okay. Uh, Selv has a nine. Okay.
4: Oh, no.
1: I'm just going to... Don't mind me, Selv. Nope. Okay. Don't mind me. I'm just taking Steve's character sheet away from him. The watches, for the most part, go uneventfully. Two things happen. Over the course of the evening, checkers on first watch, you hear what you are pretty certain is a blood curdling cry. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't like this of a large avian
0: <laughs> creature.
2: Oh, god, checkers. So, let me just describe checkers on watch doesn't really look that different from checkers being asleep that makes sense (laughs) because when he's on watch he's typically just kind of laid back in a tree just listening out for the sounds but when he hears this blood-curdling screech he just just, he just jolts up (laughs) and just starts staring around (laughs) staring around listening for the sounds of stampeding ostrich creatures in the distance just like Cass, Cass, Val, (laughs) Sal, they're coming, they're coming, hurry, get up. I mean, what's what's going on?
1: (laughs) But that's all that happens. You only hear it once. You don't hear any other activity, at least, that you could tell for the
2: rest of your shift. Just a bad dream. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go back to bed. Cass, I wasn't sleeping, I promise. (laughs) Of course you weren't, Checkers. (laughs) Wait, you had a bad
4: (laughs) dream, but you weren't sleeping? Don't tell him. (laughs) (laughs) don't tell them my deep secrets that makes no
3: sense but you are very small i'll
0: just (laughs) chuckle yeah
1: (laughs) i've again woken up like an hour and a half into a rem cycle
3: I just had this image of Cass going back to sleep three hours later, just jolt bolt upright and goes, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> you can't
2: pull a fast one on me, checkers. Mm-hmm. And he's just like dead asleep already. <laughs> nothing I
1: can do? Yeah, because <laughs> it's already, it's your shift right. you're waking yeah. up on and he's already been asleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. The next two watches go uneventfully, at least as uneventful as staring out into wilderness, deep, dark, ancient forest can go. No big deal. <laughs> Easy peasy. Self. Uh-oh. It is still dark out well before kind of the sun is coming up. You get this strange feeling. You realize not just that you've gotten this strange feeling suddenly. It occurs to you that you'd actually been feeling this for a little bit during your watch. And it had just crept up on you so slowly that you didn't notice like a frog in a boiling pot. Mm. It's nice because you as a dragonborn wouldn't necessarily have hairs on the back of your neck to stand up, but according to our character art, you ah, do. Yes. And you have that feeling. And it's a feeling of of something watching you.
3: Does it seem threatening? Because if I get a weird feeling, I'm just going to roll to the side and get up and stand up. If only you had the time for that, Steve.
1: Because it rolled a stealth check, what was watching you, and it beat your passive perception. From out of the darkness of the woods, the first and only thing that you can make out is what appears to be the skull of a deer. But it's huge antlers are almost unnaturally shaped then that skull comes barreling towards you and behind it is this huge trail of darkness almost like a robe of some sort that's just extending from this large skull suddenly it just smack it hits you square in the chest and envelops you in this strange, dark robe, and you get the immediate sense of claustrophobia, of being underground, of being contained. And I mean that in the true phobia sense, because you told me that Selv is claustrophobic. That is true. And the only thing that you can see is this huge skull pressing up against forehead to forehead with you as you are enveloped in this darkness. And that's where we'll end our episode this oh. week, everyone. What
0: is happening? I don't
2: like this. Yeah, We're right?
0: never doing watches again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we just all stay up all night yeah, and then not Whenever worry Nathan about. asks, anyone watching? No, absolutely no, not. Can't sleep. Clowns will eat me. Can't
3: <laughs> sleep. Clowns will eat me.
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Reckless Attack. It went great. Don't worry about it hope to see you next week and hope that self makes it to next week Ugh. bye everyone bye uh... ah.